Luke chapter 4, this is a temptation of Jesus after he was baptized by John the Baptist. You remember the Holy Spirit brought him out in the wilderness, fasted 40 days, 40 nights, devils tempting him the whole time. And in verse 3 of chapter 4 of Luke, uh, I'm reading from the New International Version, it says, The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live by bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world and he said to him i will give you all their authority and splendor for it has been given to me and i can give it to anyone i want to so if you worship me it will be yours jesus answered it is written worship the lord your god and serve him only the devil led him to jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple and he said if you are the son of god throw yourself down from here for it is written he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone jesus answered it says do not put the lord the god to the test when the devil had finished all this tempting he left him until an opportune time and um, the King James what does it say in verse 12 someone has a King James yeah well I've got the Geneva so okay Geneva works yeah that works and Jesus answered and said unto him it is said thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God yep so what really struck me with this um, and you know there's parallel passages in um, Mark but he doesn't word it quite this way is that you know when when the enemy came with the temptation of turning the stone the bread Jesus says it's written right um, and then he gives him this temptation of you know getting all this authority and then he's gonna give it to him and um, he says it is written um, but then when he takes him here uh, to this highest point in the temple the devil says to him here he says it is written you know, he'll give his angels charge over you, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You know, it's, that's what's written. And Jesus said, it is said, or in some of the translations it says, it is God says, or, you know, that, that's kind of the, the, the idea. It's not just written, but this is what is said. And what, what really spoke to me on that is, you know, we have the written word of God, right? Powerful. Uh, written word of God is is here for correction and training and rebuke and so that the man of God can be thoroughly equipped and um, it, it's powerful it's sharper than a two-edged sword and uh, it has so much in it. Uh, it and we can dig into the word of God and especially as we get into some of the culture and languages and we understand deeper and deeper in our study we just you know I, I mean how much we can pull out right the the longer we go the more we go wow there's even more here there's even more here and keep pulling more and more out powerful and, and there's times when dealing with the enemy like the first time you know he's dealing with a with a temptation of the flesh turn the stone to bread and you know we go to the word of god and we can overcome the flesh with the word of god uh, and then he's uh, kind of a, a temptation of the soul he's like hey you want some authority you know kind of, kind of dealing with his mind his emotions his ideas of what he wants to do and he's like no it's written you know and then when it comes to the, this deeper temptation this almost this spiritual kind of temptation where there's a temptation sometimes to take the word of god and apply it in our lives the way we want to apply it 
right? We've all kind of done it at times. We see people do it too. Uh, you know, take the word of God and just kind of use it and fashion it and make it work for us. There's times where we need to know what God says. <laughs> beyond just the written word, beyond just what is there, what is the Holy Spirit saying to us in it? Uh, because you can take, like the enemy's trying to do here, take a scripture verse that's legitimate and apply it in an inappropriate way. Take something that's written and make it work for us. And I say that's kind of more like, a, almost like a spiritual temptation. And when it comes to our spiritual life, with our with our flesh, what's written, we can overcome. With our soul, what's written, we can overcome. And we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind as we get that word of God in us. But with our spirit, we need to be open to what he is saying to us. We need to have that connection with his spirit. Uh, we need to know his heart. And we need to make that connection and know, God, what are you saying to me? Because what he's saying to me can be different to what he's saying to you. Uh, especially in some of the even in the same circumstance sometimes um, even when it comes to convictions and walks and works and all these different things that we have in our lives it can be a little different and we need to know what he's saying and if we know what he's saying if we know what he's speaking and we know he's, what what he's telling us to do then we have the power to overcome those spiritual temptations. Instead of just looking at, well, this is what's written, we go, no, this is what the Holy Spirit's telling, this is what I gotta do. This is what I need to move forward. And the only way Jesus was able to overcome at that point was not just looking at what was written, but what was said. Yeah. Boy, wouldn't that have been good if Adam and Eve had gotten, or Adam had gotten that in the garden? There are actually several of those. Yeah, there are. That, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll just use this one. Um, so Psalm 91, the, the actual verse, um, is 11, 91, 11. And it says, um, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that they will not strike your foot against the stone. But this is what I got a kick out of when I was looking at it uh, the other day. Verse 13, you will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample on the great lion and the serpent. Uh, because you love God and he says the Lord will rescue and protect me and acknowledge my name he will call on me and I will answer him uh, I will be with him in trouble I will deliver him and honor him with long life and satisfy him and showing him my salvation and, and the thing I liked about it was he's going to trample over the serpent and the scorpion is the next verse and it's like the enemy is like hey cast yourself down because he'll give his angels charge over you and Jesus is like yeah, <clears throat> you might want to look at the rest of that because I'm going to crush your head. <laughs> I'm going to crush your head because I know what it says, not just what's written. I know the whole picture. I've got it all together. And that long life and salvation that's coming, yeah, take your best shot, buddy. And, and here the enemy comes, puts him to death, not realizing that he's playing right into his hands. And that that's the great victory with the resurrection and the power and that God gives him all authority and a name above every name. And he has authority over everything. And when that last enemy is defeated, which is death, he returns that authority back to God. 
taking it back. Oh, man, I love that. And it's, um, I'll start in verse 8. This is one I'm sure you've heard multiple times in your Christian walk. Malachi 3.8, Will a man rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how do we rob you in tithes and offerings? You are under a curse in the whole nation of you because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, and there may be food in my house. Test me on this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. I will prevent the pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields. I will not... Uh and your fields will not cast the fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. And, you know, I'm sure you've heard it talked about because, you know, people are focusing on the ties and stuff. And uh, the floodgates, what's uh, what's another word that's used? You got windows. Anybody got windows there? Ever hear that one? You know, he opens up the windows of heaven to pour out blessings. That's... Um, what is it? The latter part of ver or the middle of verse ten. Um, test me on this. Um, the NIV has floodgates. See, I will not throw open the floodgates, windows of heaven. And, and uh, the reason I wanted to look at windows and the idea of windows in the Bible, it's kind of interesting because the first time you hear the floodgates or the windows um, is in. Genesis, when God opens the floodgates or the windows of heaven and pours out water in the flood, um, and it's in its judgment, um, it's you know <laughs> destruction. It's you know God wiping out. You know He's grieved with man and He's getting rid of uh, all the wicked and He's and He's uh, turning it over and and starting off new with kind of new creation in a sense um you know a new a new family line that's going to be populating the earth and that's going to fill we can all trace our ancestry back to noah um every last one of us around the world um genetically are connected to noah um and and god did that and so the first time you see these floodgates is there a window um, and of course, you know, you also see windows in the ark and that's where Noah sent out the birds to find out what was happening and, and got the word from God, uh, windows there. But those, those floodgates were judgment there. But here, when he's talking about bringing the tithes into the storehouse and he's talking about having the food that is needed, uh, and that he's going to open up floodgates of blessing, uh, and, and it's the opposite of judgment and you go, well, blessing, judgment, what's going on and we're at a time in history where the floodgates of heaven are open but we need to be where those windows are there are windows of opportunity there are areas of blessing there are times of uh deep spiritual opportunities um you know some people talk about divine appointments there's divine appointments there are windows of time where you meet certain individuals you you have opportunities to share in their lives and and break free and, and you don't know when it's going to happen sometimes it's just you know it's random it's it's in um uh, it's in a grocery store. I, I think i posted one on facebook yesterday it was a guy that was at walmart you know and it was just he was praying for a divine opportunity a divine appointment and, and went and prayed for someone and, and and brought healing into their lives and then the other 
other one gave their heart to the Lord. And, you know, it was just right there. And it was just, he was just going shopping. He was like, man, give me, give me a divine appointment and let me see some healing and stuff. And then it all happened right then. And he, uh, and he posted that. And, and, and that's what we need to know that we are in a time of windows of opportunity, times of windows of blessing, times of windows of judgment as well that's happening. Remember, the wrath of God is being manifest in the world as people are getting more and more wicked, as people are being turned over to those sinful things. And remember, I've shared about the wrath of God. It's not those disasters that are happening, but it's people being allowed to sow into their flesh. And it's a time of reaping. We are in a time of reaping now, and if you're sowing to your flesh, you're going to reap from your flesh destruction. And individuals that are rejecting God, individuals that are turning away from God, individuals that don't want anything to do with God, that are going against God's word, are sowing into their flesh so much that now in this time of reaping, we're going to see so much destruction. We're seeing families falling apart. We're seeing deaths all over the place. We're seeing people that are that are destitute. We're seeing people that are hungry. We're seeing people that are diseased. We're seeing so many things happening. But in the body of Christ, we also need to know that the body body needs to be healthy. The reason that people go hungry, the reason that people are sick, the reason that the power of God is not being manifest is because the body of Christ is not where it should be. And it's if my people that are called by my name are humbling themselves and turning from our wicked ways. And the body of Christ needs to get right with God. And as we get right with God and we get healthy, we will see more healings. We will see more deliverance. We will see more freedom. We will see more prosperity. We will see more food in the land. We will see more health in the land. We will see more beauty in the land. We will see more power of God being manifest. And now is a window of opportunity that we have in our country that is by God's grace set up when he brought in Donald Trump as president to stem the tide of the evil that was coming from the top. And the demonic forces are all distracted now and they're all focused on destroying Trump and they're all focused on one man and they're neglecting the body of Christ and it's a time where revival can absolutely transform our country if his people who are called by his name will get right and do what we're supposed to do confess our sins turn away from our flesh walk in the spirit hear what he's saying instead of just what is written living a life that is beyond anything that anybody can imagine because we have joy that's unspeakable and full of glory because we have peace in the midst of everything that's happening around us a peace that passes understanding and we have power power to break through the bondages of the devil and while the forces of darkness are focused on all these other things that are happening God is opening up a window of opportunity for his body to move forward and I praise God for what he's doing here I praise God for what he's doing in humansville because now is the time now is the hour we can wake up and live in a new life and a new time the old ways are done tear it down bring it all over and let's build a bridge to humanity yeah. 
Take down all the walls of the building. Take down all the walls of religion. Take down all the walls of our ideas and what we said. Well, but that's what it said. That's what's written. And say, no, nah, but God's spirit says I can go to these people. You know what made people mad when Jesus started his ministry in his hometown? He said, hey, when God came and sent the prophet to the widow, there was lots of widows in the land. But he sent him to a foreigner. You know what? There was lots of lepers in the land. But God sent the prophet to a leper that was a foreigner and healed him. You know what? You know what they thought about that? They wanted to stone him. No, God's only for us. They don't want to hear about that. God's wanting to break down. It's not about, oh, well, God's only moving with the Baptists. God's only moving with the Assembly of God. God's only moving with the Methodists. God's only moving with this one. Oh, that group. So, you know what one of the biggest complaints that people in the world have about Christianity is the churches? You know what most churches have an issue with with Christianity? Other churches? Yeah. You know, the most effective we can be in the world today is to not be a church and not call ourselves a church. <laughs> We're part of the body of Christ. <laughs> Get away from it. <laughs> Dissolve the church corporation and start a new one. <laughs> Praise God. That's what I think you want. Uh, you have said harsh things against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask, what have we said against you? You have said it is futile to serve God. What did we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly the evildoers prosper, and even those who challenge God escape. And so God says here in Malachi to the people, he's like, you're saying harsh things against me. And they said, well, what are we saying? And he says, well, you're talking about how futile it is to serve me. You're saying, you know, all the evildoers are being blessed. All the bad people are getting away with it. The world's just going to hell on a handbasket. And look at them. They got all the money. They got all the power. They got all the influence. They got all the, you know, prestige. They got all the fame. What good is it to serve God? You ever hear that or get that feeling sometimes from believers that they have that kind of understanding and stuff? Uh, some of us may even struggle with it sometimes. You go, how is it any different? And God's like, that's harsh words to me, God says. He says, you're talking about me. You're giving me a bad reputation when you say that. And of course, the people would be thinking, well, but that's what we're seeing. I mean, we see that today, don't we? We see the evil prospering in power. I mean, I mean, some of the most wicked people almost becoming president of the United States and things like that. I mean, just evil Jezebel spirits trying to run our country. And you go, wow, it's just, what's going on? <laughs> well, go keep going. Um, then those who fear the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. So the church as a whole 
And I'm saying what the Spirit of God is saying is this applies to now. Okay, I'm not digging into the history and all that. We can do Bible studies another time. I'm just saying what the Spirit's saying. This applies to now. First of all, there's issues with the tithes and the offerings. People that call themselves Christians aren't giving the way they should, aren't helping the way they should, aren't doing what they should be doing. There's an issue there. Then, people that call themselves Christians are having this attitude of what's the use? What's the difference? Why is it that there's so much going on with all these evil people? They're getting everything. Everything's good. They're fine. I mean, it's not really, we're not much different. We're just kind of I guess wait till the Lord returns and just kind of, you know, keep our head down and just, you know, won't it be wonderful there? Just wait till it's all over. See, that's an issue. I believe that's what's happening today. But then he says, he said, those that feared the Lord talked with each other and the Lord listened and heard. And a scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. This is a time where those that are committed to the Lord, those that truly believe in the Lord, those that truly trust the Lord, those that truly have a deep relationship with Him and want to move forward with Him are starting to gather together, talk together. You can call it different names. You can call it a remnant. You can call it chosen ones. You can call it elect. You can call it, you know, there's different names people throw around. But there are those that really want to do something different. They really want to move forward. They, they're tired of the status quo. They want to see the power of God. They fear God and they honor his name and they want his name to be glorified in the world and not just sit back and let all the darkness take over. I mean, how many groups, how many denominations, how many churches, places that call themselves Christian are embracing ungodly, unholy things in their presence, even doing things like performing same-sex marriages and things like that, which is an abomination to God. Just letting all those things go on. But there are those that say, no, we want to honor God's name. We want to stand up for what he believes in. And it's not just taking a stand against these things, but it's saying, God, how can we honor your name? God, how can we do what you want to do? God, how can we be something different? Even different than we were in the past. Maybe we did good in the past, but something different. So, something new, something that, that you want to do. How can we be effective in communicating your name? Because God, we fear you and we know judgment will come. And he says a book comes out and God starts writing this book of remembrance. God's listening when we talk. God's listening today of what I have to say. Better be careful. <laughs> be careful, little mouth, what you say. Because the Father, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, I found it. Yeah. We, we had it on tape, but I don't know where the tape is, but thank goodness I have it oh, down. So, yeah. let me read it. Yeah. Okay, this was by um, David Hollensee. He came from Texas. Do you have the date on it? No, I Okay, don't. that's okay. Um, it don't matter. He, he said, um, Isaiah 46, 10. Um, it said, he said, in the last days, this place will be a city of refuge. This is the reason why. Men and women of God came into this place and see so many different things. Because in the last days, there is going to be places where God brings forth the judgments. When things on the, God brings judgment on the, the wicked people in the last days, there's going to be places called like Goshen. 
Do you remember Goshen when, I can't read my own writing. <laughs> this is when the dark, darkness. Moses brought down the, the plagues on the Egyptians. Then over in Goshen, the Israelites were taken care of. They didn't get touched. Then Humansville has been designated as a city of refuge. And to prove this, God is going to mark this word that God is going to send another person from another country. He is going to, or they are going to come to this place and tell you the very same word. And let me tell you something. A city of refuge is where people flee where people flee to for refuge, and this place has just been put on the map. And I want you to know that this is why prophetic people see so many different things about this place. Do not take it lightly that this place is a city of refuge. It's a place in the last days, listen to me. It is a place in the last days, saith the Lord, that I will send people for safety, for no condemnation, for love, for joy, when they are running from the things that are going, going on in the world. God has put this place on the map. Rejoice, says, says the Lord, for today I have put you on my map. But guard your hearts, for the enemy wants the word and... To mark this word, someone's coming from another country and it's going to be a supernatural encounter. I don't know if it's through someone here or through your pastor who's going to come up here and tell you about this city of refuge. Amen. And we did. We had a person come, what was it, two weeks later? From Israel. Anina from Jerusalem, Israel. And, and she said, we drew. we have it on the map. We drew a star on the map, and Humansville is smack dab in the middle of it. Yeah. And and this is the time. Everything up until now has been preparing for right now, right now. Um, I it's frustrated me in life that I would see things ahead of time and keep expecting them and keep expecting them and going where is you know and I'd see it and see it. Well, now it's here. I mean, it's here. Uh, this is the day. Um, this is the time. And, and what is so wonderful about that is, I don't even remember if I heard that. I remember there, I remember the one I heard of hers, but um, the, the idea, and sometimes we have this focus of, of us, this place, it's the city, it's the area. Um, and and that right there, that park is high ground in the spiritual world. I can see it. It's like it's like a mountaintop, um, and it's what God wants to do. You know, um, March twenty sixth of nineteen sixty two, the Confederate Army was marching up through Missouri, and the militia held them off in Humansville um, on that day. Uh, the, then when they were returning, and I don't, re I didn't get the date when I was looking it up, but I, but I remember in the past when I looked it up, when they were returning, the last cannon that they had was captured here in Humansville. Do you know there was more battles in the Civil War in Missouri than any other state? Yeah. Yes, there was. You know, most people think, well, you know, West Virginia, more than Virginia and West Virginia put together. 
Um, and the, it was a foreshadowing of what happens. The enemy wants to come and bring division, wants to divide families, right? Wants to fight for slavery, wants to fight for disunity, breaking up the union, all those types of things. And Missouri was a battleground for that. It will be again. It is now. But we have a window of opportunity especially right now while Trump is in and while the enemy is distracted. See, the thing that really threw the enemy off was when Trump moved the capital um, and recognized Jerusalem and moved our embassy to Jerusalem. You know, the enemy hates that. You know why? Because now there's more opportunity for prophecies to be fulfilled and the enemy doesn't like when God's word is fulfilled, what he spoke. He'll use his written stuff. He'll use some of his words to distract people. But when he sees it coming to pass, he's like, ah, and he's panicking. And he's after Trump, primarily just one guy, really. He's after him trying to destroy him. Do you, you see the attacks come from everywhere? Oh, yeah. You see, the, you see the news media? Do you see what they say about the border? What's happening at the border? It's a manufactured crisis. Any channel you put on, manufactured crisis. They all say the same thing. Now, some people call it the liberal media. Uh, some people call it, what do they call it, drive-by media. They have some other names. I think we should just be honest about it when we talk about the media and what they're doing. They are demonically led. Yeah. I mean, let's just be honest about it. They are. I'm not saying that those people are demonically possessed and they're evil people. We should love them. And, they come, and I'm sure there's some wonderful people there and they do nice things. But the things they're saying, the things they're doing is demonically led. Remember, principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. They're all caught up in the media now. They're all caught up in attacking Trump. It's leaving their flank open. <laughs> we have a window of opportunity while they're distracted to move forward with what God wants to do. To move forward and get a foundation, get a stronghold, dig in and be ready for the attacks so that when it comes again, like the last time they repelled them physically, we will be able to repel them. And when they come with their cannons last time physically, we were able to capture them, that we will be able to capture them. Just like Jesus did with the enemy. Oh, it's written. You can throw yourself down. But he, Jesus is like, ah, you haven't read the rest part. I'm going to trample over your head. And the very thing you're trying to use against me, I am going to destroy you with. Because don't you think the enemy was thinking when he got Jesus to be nailed on the cross, he's thinking, what about what was written? Oh, he's going to give his angels charge over you. What about what was written? Oh, you're not even going to dash your foot against your stone. I'm piercing your foot. Ha ha ha! I got you, Jesus. What about what was written? You're going to have long life. You're in the grave and I got the keys and you can't get out. Ha ha ha! Three days later he came out with the keys, with the victory and took the very thing that the enemy thought he could do something with and turned it against them. And we can do it too, but we got to change. We got to be ready we got to move forward. We got to let our mind see what he wants to do and not worry about all these other ideas and thoughts. Yeah. Hear what the Spirit's saying. Yeah. Hmm. That was almost exciting. <laughs> oh, it ain't done. The Book of Remembrance is where I was at. Yeah. I can see. Verse 17. 
So as those that fear the Lord, as those that want to honor his name, are moving forward, talking, right? They're talking. Why would people in this kind of setting, you know, and you look at Malachi, some of the other stuff that was happening, you know, they're bringing sacrifices that, that God wasn't impressed with. You know what they do? You're supposed to bring the best to God as a sacrifice. They would bring the lame. They would bring the halt. They would bring the spotted. They would bring, you know, they would bring the injured cow <laughs> to God. Say, here you go, the sick one. You know, any other sacrifices, it wasn't cows, but any other sacrifices, bulls and goats, all that, were they, they would take the, the ones they really didn't like. And he's like, would you do that with the king, with the governor? Is that what you would offer him? No. Why? Well, because the governor, the king would see it. You know, you want to honor him. You don't think God sees? Remember, we were talking about, he sees in secret. He knows your offering. And so here they are, you know, they're doing all these things, going through the motions, having worship, having these things. And God's like, you might as well be sacrificing a pig on the altar because that's, that, you're not honoring me. So here are these people that fear the Lord, they're talking. And they're saying, you're making plans, aren't they, right? What would they be doing? They're wanting to honor his name. They're wanting God's to move forward. They're seeing what's happening here. And they're saying, man, I don't want to be part of that. Let's move forward. I think of Paul. He would go to the synagogue, right? He would go to the religious place. He would go to the church, per se. And he would bring the message and he would share with the people. And they would kick him out and they would kick him out and kick it out until finally Paul's like, whatever and he dusts the dust off and he's like i'm just gonna go to the gentiles i'm just gonna go to the riffraff i'm just gonna go to the rejects i'm just gonna go there what did the king do when the people that were invited didn't come to the feast go to the highways go to the byways go to the lame go to the halt go to the sick compel them to come in how do you get someone that's crippled? How do you get someone that's sick? How do you get someone that's hungry? How do you get someone that's diseased? How do you get someone that's in bondage? How do you get someone that has all kinds of addictions into the kingdom of God? You bring freedom, you bring power, you bring healing, you bring the very word of life to them. And we can lay hands on the sick and see them healed. We can bring freedom to the captive. We can set them free with life and power. And there are tools and there are ways that we can do it. And we can be wise as serpents and gentle as a dove. Walking in love with everyone. And making our plans in secret of what God wants to do. And let the world think what they want to think. Let the others think what they want to think. And see the kingdom of God explode and set it up. Because yes. the time will come when the enemy will get hold again of the nation. Unless the great revival breaks free. Yes. So it's free. We're at a tipping point. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. But I know, as for me and my house, I know for us what we want to do. I want to be part of that. Yeah. That's why I'm here. It's not happening because I'm here. It's why I'm here. Um, 
Okay, and then he says, so verse 17, they will be mine, says the Lord Almighty. These that are written in that book, they'll be mine. Those ones that are talking, those ones that I'm listening to, those plans they're making. And in the day when I make up my treasured possession, I will spare them just as in compassion a man spares a son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. Praise the Lord. He's like... He's writing this book of remembrance. He's going, there's these ones that fear me. There's these ones that want to honor my name. You know what? I'm going to spare them. I'm going to move with compassion. You know what? These are my children. How many of you know you have more love and compassion and mercy and grace for your children, right? I mean, Chris, would you put up with half of the stuff that Bobby does if he wasn't your child? I mean, okay, n n never mind. We won't. <laughs> right? When they're, when, when they're your child, you know, <laughs> you have that love. And, and that's what God's saying. He says, these are my children. I'm going to protect them. I'm gonna... And then there will be a distinction between the righteous and those who serve God and between those who do not. And that's the time that we will get to as we move forward. There's going to be a time and what's going to happen is God will have that window of blessing. God will have that window of glory. God will have that window of prosperity and all kinds of healing and just the power of him being released love and joy and life and transformation and it'll spring forth out of the desert and as it does that distinction between the righteous and those that serve God and those that do not will be so strong that those that don't serve God will go why do they get all that just the opposite of what happened, right? Here's the, uh, the ones in the, that, that are going, why, is, why are we serving God? Nothing's happening. Why are we going to? Well, then there's those that fear God. They get together. They make the plans. They move forward with what God has. They see the blessings. And now the wicked are going, hey, why are they getting all this? Hey, they, they, how do they even, what? How did, what? How is this? They're getting too much. And then they start to attack them and come against with persecution. Praise God. We got time before that happens. But that's what will happen. Surely the day is coming, chapter 4. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and evildoers will be stubble in the day that is coming. We'll set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Uh, not a root or branch will be left in them. But for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness will shine with healing in his wings, and you will go out leaping like calves released from the stall. Then you will trample down the wicked. They will be like ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I do these things, says the Lord Almighty. Woo! Here's that day that's coming. It's that same day that John the Baptist was talking about. The kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, he's coming with a winnowing fork in his hand and he's going to separate the wheat from the chaff. He's going to gather the chaff into his barn. It's a time for gathering. It's a time for the people that fear the Lord and honor his name to unite together in unity and strength and move forward with what God wants to do. It's a time of blessing. It's a time for the Son of God to shine in righteousness and healing in his wings. And we jump and leap for joy there i tried <laughs> we are excited as we move forward with what he's doing and then the the unrighteous the wicked are like ashes under our feet and this isn't meaning that you know we're out killing them and we're destroying them but it's like any of their attacks any of the stuff all these words that they're doing whatever is happening we just keep walking it's like nothing it's just like it's like dust it's like oh Water off a duck's back. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs>
remember the law of my servant Moses and the decrees of the laws I gave him in Hebron for all of Israel. See, I will send the prophet Elijah before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the father to the children, the hearts of the children to the fathers, or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. This is the window of opportunity we have. It's a time of Elijah. It's a time of the spirit of Elijah to go forth. Remember, John the Baptist was in the spirit of Elijah. Uh, Jesus said, if you'll accept it, it was like Elijah come. Not that he was like reincarnated or anything like that. But there are types in the Bible and there are types that move forward um, in modern times, in the Bible, in church history, in all that. And that's what it is. It's a time of Elijah. And it's not just like a one man now because of the body of christ remember before the body of christ it was john the baptist he was the greatest prophet that ever lived comes in the spirit of elijah no one was greater than him in all the old testament but now the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he because now and especially in this time we move forward with the spirit of elijah with the spirit of power with the spirit of uh, victory with a spirit that will tear down the bales and the worship and all the child sacrifices that are going on the millions of children that are being killed the destruction and attack on the very sanctity of marriage and the word of God. And we move forward with power and strength by coming with life, coming with love, coming with freedom, coming with victory, coming to the widow and providing for her when there's famine in the land, coming to a leper that isn't even part of us and bringing healing, coming to the dead, raising them up. Praise God. All right, let's get something. Anybody got anything you want to share? You have a whole nother battle different from the Civil War because it's a spiritual one. Yep. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for all you're doing. I ask you, Father, that um, we... Um, move forward with what you want to do and we are just so excited about um, the plans you have for this area and that we can be part of it and I ask Lord that we'll each and every one of us uh, fulfill the roles that we have that you've designed for us that you prepared before the foundation of the world and I thank you that we're in the right place at the right time and I just ask that we all do the right thing in honoring your name in Jesus name Amen